0: My name is Isaac Fitzgerald, and this is Dirtbag, Massachusetts. It's the book that I wish I had when I was 14 years old. I wanted to give a book that showed that it's okay to be introspective about yourself and that I was raised on a certain type of masculinity that was very much just about toughen up, you know, just stick to your guns. Don't back down. And so that's, that's what I started talking about. It's, it's, a, it's a, a way of looking at masculinity, not through one lens, but showing that there's actually a huge, huge range of all these different ways that we can be people.
1: I love it that you call this book a confession, hmm. not a typical memoir. I think it's a real act of bravery for a young writer like yourself to write a memoir because you've got a whole long life ahead of you
0: (laughs) for everybody to know your secrets. Knock on wood, (laughs) knock on wood. I'm hoping I'm getting in the middle of it. But for me, writing this memoir, writing an essay collection, it's the things that you don't want to write about, the things you almost, that seem a little too hard to look at, that is where I often find the best material is going to be. So when I started this project, it was supposed to be something completely different. And I kept writing and all of a sudden, more and more of my childhood would get in there and I kept trying to get it out. 18 months later, I finally call my editor and I say, hey, I, I think this book might actually be more about my childhood than I thought. And my editor, Nancy Miller at Bloomsbury, wonderful woman, just responded, yeah, I've been waiting like 18 months for you to figure that really? out. Really? Yeah. It,
1: did it start off as a work of fiction, or was yeah, it still memoir? it was not fiction.
0: I just, the, the, the essay about the Hold Steady, that rock band that's in there, that's the best example of what it was kind of going to be. It was going to be focused on pop culture with just like a little bit of me in there. But more, the more I worked on it, the more I realized that I had something to say about the experiences that I've had, and it didn't have to be looking outward, it could be looking inward, and that's when I realized, I didn't want to call it a memoir and essays. Memoir didn't feel quite right either, because it is a little bit broken up, and that's when I realized, oh, it's a confessional. It's like I'm sitting there in the booth saying something, confessing something, sharing something that I haven't really shared before publicly.
1: And that is, I think, what makes it such a stark book is that from the very first chapter, there is this, you have an experience in your life that is, that shaped your life, and we'll talk about that, but I, I think that I too would have been like, hey, just so you know, this needs to be a memoir just about your whole life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is what you need to be doing. Well, um, thank you. All right, so we've already talked about this, but an introduction to one of your first sections mm-hmm. is one of the best sentences mm-hmm. I have read. Mm-hmm. My parents met at divinity school, which is a pretty funny way to start an affair. Mm-hmm. So it's such a raw act of writing, I think, did you tell your family and your friends you were doing this, and when you did, how did they react?
0: I mean, this is it's, it's all over the map with things like this, and this is a tough thing about making art. Start with the lighter stuff, which is my friends were so supportive, and many of them, especially like old friends from school, I reached out to them, I showed them the parts they were in, and many of them were just like, yes, use my name. Now, I've got other friends, though, that do other more adult things in life now, and so they were like, I love it. Please change my name. And I totally understood that as well. Family is, is more difficult because I knew, you know, we're already talking, it took me 18 months just to figure out how to get started. This right. book came in past its due due date. You know, it came in past the deadline. Yeah. And so I knew if I, if I got caught up talking with my family about every little thing, it was just gonna be so many more hurdles to get over. Um, so I decided to work on the project and then show it to them at the end. But the one thing I'll say, my mom wrote me an email. She, I, I told her, I told her immediately, I said, you don't have to read this for the record. We can just go about our lives. You do not have to read this. She's a very smart woman. She read it in a night. She wrote me an email the next morning and she just said, I am so sorry. And then the next line I think was even more telling. I mean, I'm so sorry, I was probably waiting to hear that my whole life, I didn't even know it. But the next line she said, <sighs> I had no idea you were carrying this. And that's when I realized that we had just been trying to get so far away from it and never talk about it, that of course she had no idea, because I would always try and put on my best face around her. And then we had some really important conversations. And, and it's, it's wild to say this, because there's some really hard stuff in this book, but my parents right now, the people that they've grown into, the people that they've matured into, are so loving and so supportive, and it's really brought us closer together. I love the word dirtbag. (laughs) Me too.
1: It can take such a negative tone, but at the same time, it's almost a description of someone that is a great character. Mm. And so I wondered where the title came from.
0: Great story. So my friend Jason Diamond, who's a wonderful writer in his own right, he has a wonderful memoir, look him up. I was talking with him about what I wanted to title this collection, which is Athol, Massachusetts. Athol. I'll give you one, yep, one. It doesn't, yeah. we don't need to say it, but it doesn't, you know what everybody else in the state called us. And so. Well, of course they do. I wanted to call it that, Massachusetts. And Bloomsbury, of course, was like, you can't call a book that. Right. And so Jason, so simply, so like without, without even thinking, I just said that. And he just said, call it Dirtbag, Massachusetts. Like, just, just threw it aside. And it's, the, it's probably one of the best parts of the book. It's such a good title. And he just handed it to me. So I try to give him credit whenever I can.
1: But were you offended when he was like, hey, this is going to be about you, and uh, ultimately dirtbag is what the no,
0: word is. No, no, because it's a very low-income area in what is actually a very rich state. And so dirtbag got at the essence of, of you know, when I say the other word, Massachusetts, that, you know, people could call us that and we could be, like hurt by it, or we could like embrace it. Right. And we really embraced it.
1: Tough question, but what's the hardest part of this book to write? <sighs> See, for me, I think it might be your first chapter, but I could be no, wrong.
0: No, 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 you're knocking it out of the park. Okay. It's the first chapter, or first essay, and the last essay. And I can tell, that, tell you that because it was actually just one long essay that I eventually just split right in the middle. Put it in the front, put it in the back. I wanted to write a book that felt like a mixtape. You can listen to one song, next thing's gonna feel a little different. You know, you can pick it up, put it it down. It's not not one solid concept album that you gotta like get your whole evening ready for and just like listen to it, man. No, like it's okay for it to jump around a little bit. But I knew I wanted the, the beginning and the end to feel like they fit together. But that was all the family stuff. And there's a lot of other tough stuff in this book, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of tough stuff to look directly at. But this was the hardest essay to to write, and it was also the last essay. I put it off, I put it off, I wrote everything else in the book, and then I finally sat down and started writing a story that I'd been trying to tell probably since I was nine, 10 years old. Or even tell people. Exactly. I
1: I want to lift right from the intro because I thought that this was, and I want to make sure that I get, um, this was it. But before all that, he was a bomb that exploded his parents' lives. Mm -hmm. That's a lot to
0: carry. Mm -hmm. But how much of that impacted your life? So I really thought of myself as a bad person. I I I thought I was a bad person because I just knew that I was born into this world already causing problems, Already causing trouble, and especially I had two half siblings that were from their previous marriage. Like, I felt I felt like I'd stolen their parents the second I could even recognize, like realize that as a concept. I felt a lot of guilt around that, so it turned me into this person that that really didn't like themselves very much. And that's trauma. Talk about uh,
1: trauma that has been with you your whole life and. So I'm hoping a degree of healing came from from writing this. No,
0: 100%, but I I should give a shout out. You know, there's books, there's making art. So this book would not have been possible without three years of therapy that I did before it. And I'm still in therapy, and I'm a big advocate for it. I came to it far too late in life. But if you have an opportunity to focus on your mental health, that is so, so important. Because for me, that trauma, I mean, you're you're using the word trauma, and, and that's exactly right. Trauma in my life, was something I didn't even recognize I didn't even know I really had it and so in a way it almost haunted me and I really mean haunted because it was invisible I really thought I was always doing the right thing I really did only now can I look back and realize oh because of this I was acting this way and it wasn't just hurting me it was hurting people I loved around me that's right and that's really hard we'll talk about what men should Embrace as therapy. Exactly. And that's not something. that's a new concept. Yeah I mean, it's a our very, fa- a very oh, right yeah, our no. fathers
1: wouldn't have said son you need to go to therapy. No,
0: I mean even my mom like I my mother uh, went to a clinic for a little bit and uh, that's in the book and, and I explain it uh, More eloquently than I can do now, but even then I remember just being like oh she's like in the loony bin <laughs> right. It's like nobody's like hey, no, she's going to work on her mental health and it's so drastic that like the state is covering it right now because that's how rough things have gone. That's right, and it, I,
1: I hope to think we're in a different world now where we don't have that stigma, but it is something. Oh no, that, yeah, right? I mean, it's, it's
0: steps. It's just everything it's you're steps. saying, it's, it, we're not there yet. We're, we're not definitely there here, not there yet. But we're yet. getting there, but hopefully. We're, we're, we have more language than we used to. So I wanted to ask you if you've always wanted to be a writer
1: because the sentence in your book that I really loved was that you considered literature a second religion.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that was my parents. Again, credit where credit's due. They messed up a lot of things, but one thing they cared, they cared about Catholicism, and they cared about education and they really, really made sure that I grew up surrounded by books. I was always in libraries when we were living in inner city Boston, always in bookstores when we had a little bit of cash to buy some. When they moved, they used to throw their furniture out on the street, but the boxes and boxes and boxes of books, they always made it in. The milk crate fills, you know? So I think that's part of it. I got to admit that. I have to admit that. As much as a lot of this book was me running away from my parents. Me being like, I'm my own man now. I'm, I do my own thing. Uh, which is funny, because part of that was going to California, and I'll never forget it. At one point I called them. and I was just like, yeah, out here in California. Like, in my head, I'm like, far enough from you as I could possibly get. And in there they're like, yeah, I remember. Like, in my 20s, I went to California, get away from the folks. And I was like, <laughs> and
1: you are like, oh, come on. I was that's like, yeah, that's, that's my experience. I'm supposed to be
0: original. But, and, and you do, you recognize, especially as you get older, the similarities that you have with your parents. Um, but no, I, I absolutely wanted to be a writer. And part of that, I have to admit, it wasn't a way to try and communicate with them. That's what they honored. Well, so of course, I wanted in a way their attention, right? So that's, that's what it's rooted in. But then I would argue the next thing that happens is that books were this way out, and I'm gonna butcher this quote, but it's from History Boys, which is a brilliant play uh, that was written in, in England, and it's when you're reading a book and you come across a line that you, it's an emotion maybe that you've only thought you felt, or maybe, it's, it's a thought that you thought, only you thought, especially when you're young, especially when you don't know a lot of the world, and then you see it there on the page. It's like a hand comes out and grabs yours, and it makes you feel less alone. And so that's, it gets back to what I was saying earlier, my original want for this book is that a younger version of me has it stuffed in their back pocket. That's all I'm trying to do, right, is try to communicate with a younger version of myself. That's, once I realized books had that power, I was like, I need to figure out how to do that. And I'll be honest, I wasn't very good for a very long time. <laughs>
1: of all the chapters in your life, from being an altar boy, to a smuggler, to a profession that we can't quite discuss no, on no. public television. Got buy the book for that. You read this book, which chapter have you, did you enjoy the most writing?
0: Oh, that's such a wonderful question. The true answer of that is a lot of my search was looking for community. I grew up in a community as a young child, then we moved to this very rural, lonely place. I lacked that community, and I spent the rest of my 20s looking for community. And the essay that I wrote about that job that we shall not mention, there's such a different way to do it. There would be such a, woo! But instead, I really focused on the friendships and the bonds and the community that I found there. And so that one I had a lot of fun writing and I got in touch with a lot of old friends that I worked with to make sure everything was okay and on the up and up and that felt really good to write.
1: It is interesting because I, that's what I took away from that essay was this Thanks. whole feeling of community that we get whether we work in that industry or at McDonald's or yeah, ex- in Congress. Exa- it's yeah, it's exactly. all about the community that you find.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: The problem with you, Isaac, is you're so much fun to interview. Uh, you could just doing it. You could just keep doing it. Let's keep
0: going, Jeremy. We, uh, unfortunately,
1: are out of time, so thank you so thank much. Thank you so much, brother. It was brother. so much pleasure. I, re- I
0: really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on.
1: And thank you for watching A Word on Words. I'm Jeremy Findlay. and remember...
0: Keep reading.
1: Thank you for watching, a word on word. I'm so sorry.
0: (laughs) I thought you were like, we're going to do it on 3, 2, 1, and then you were going to do 3, 2, 1. Sorry. You thought I was a real pro. I'm like a semi. All right, go ahead. (laughs)